Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Four Corners Podcast on the Pit Podcast Network. I'm Shad, joined tonight by Matt and Brad. We're going to have a state of right now episode. Guys, how are you doing? Pretty good. I'm pretty pretty sure you guys are going (laughs) to ban me from ever picking content for this show again after suggesting the punk fight. Uh, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Matt, how about you? I'm doing good. Doing good. Yeah, Matt, I have gonna... a, I, I've poured myself a glass of alcohol to talk about this punk fight. Oh, okay. Um, Hang on. Let me join in. All right. There we go. Oh, there wait, you go. Wait, wait, wait. Now. Oh, All okay. Right. Now, full disclosure, the can that I just cracked open is rather hard stuff. It is Canada Dry Ginger Ale and Lemonade Mix. I the opened a Coke Zero. That, all right, we're we're rolling hardcore on this. Uh, I can uh, <laughs> hold on. I can I can do my uh, I can do my Kevin Nash impression again. Please do. We uh, we all got our adult beverages. <laughs> I like and that. scene. There the, we go. The best comment I saw about this was Punk spent his whole life being hardcore straight edge and drove so many MMA fans to drinking. <laughs> Before we get right into the fight. Matt, I'm going to ask if you'll give a shout-out to our main man on the roster. Our main man, Epico Cologne. Yes. Epico, we need you back on TV, um, especially after this past night's Monday Night Raw, mm. <laughs> which wasn't it wasn't entirely great. Um, preach, brother, so preach. Best. Yeah. At this, point, I, at this point, they can throw a dress on Epico and have him wrestle in the women's division. For all I care, <laughs> I think he would actually improve it ten times. We're going to give him the Harvey right Whippleman. Yeah, and that's not a that's not any sort of remark upon his manliness because we all know Epico's a very manly man. But absolutely, I'm saying his his inherent uh, wrestling ability would improve a division that's kind of suffering at the moment. But sure, I digress. All right. We love you, Epico. Please, please, please know we exist. Um, I'm just shaking okay. my head at the state of the women's division. We're going to get to it. Yeah. Uh, well, we're going to start off with what we've already kind of teased. This week has been a week, or this past week, I guess, has been a big week with news about all things concerning CM Punk. Um, he had the outcome of a trial. He had a UFC fight and then probably had a Twitter fight, maybe a one-sided Twitter fight with someone who'd been a friend of his. So start things off. Somebody, somebody give us some background on that trial. So it's been it's been a long time. It's been like three or four years now since he went on Colt Cabana's podcast. It's been I want to say twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen. Was it that long? Twenty fourteen, maybe. Maybe it was right after he left, wasn't it? Not long. Let me let me try and look this up. He left in like twenty fourteen, didn't he? I. Think that sounds right? You all might be sitting there wondering why we didn't do our research beforehand, but to be honest, we didn't know that we were going to be looking for the exact date on this. Okay, yeah. so, so while they looked that up, so he went on Colt Cabana's podcast and kind of like talked about why he left. And one of the big things he talked about was he pretty much spent like what the last six ish months of his WWE career sick as hell because he had Mer- he had MRSA and they couldn't figure it out. 
Would that be? I remember accurate? hearing about that. Um, what, like yeah. he had a giant nodule on his back or something? Yeah. It was. It was kind of a litany of things. A couple of his big complaints um, in that podcast, which if if no one has ever heard the podcast, it is worth listening to um, because he does air a lot of grievances. If you're kind of predisposed to dislike certain personalities in the WWE, um, he does he does kind of trash them. I don't um, think he trashes Cena though, so don't look for him to do that yeah he doesn't do that but he's not very complimentary of course towards uh to vince or really triple h um incidentally or ryback note i have right here is that um punk was wrestling with a staph infection on his back for three months yeah it was a several different things He, he was kind of beat up physically um before i think even the whole staph infection he there was issues where he was in a match and got concussed and i think they even sent him out was this at royal rumble i think no this was before that i think it was around survivor series that, or maybe even okay. earlier so they they pretty he, he much was certainly he was in a match um or it got concussed like earlier and then he had to do like another match or continue doing something later in the same card and it, there was a big concerns that well you know they shouldn't have sent him out there because he he would more than likely concuss, and the doctor should have caught that. So that was the whole that that whole issue was even before. But I thought infection. I thought there was a thing where they ran him through like a concussion protocol that he passed, and they were like, "Well, we still think you have a concussion or something." Yeah. Like I thought the there way, was just, a point where they caught it. I I just looked it up. Um, the web uh, the lawsuit was filed against it, it filed in February 2015, and the particular podcast episode was November 2014. Okay, so and he had he had left earlier that year, so it's wow, been I'm a old. good four years since he's yeah, it's been a good. I actually didn't really remember when he left. It all bleeds together when you're our age. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the big thing was it ended up being MRSA when he got it checked out by another doctor because he was complaining, complaining, and according to him, they just kept giving him the Z pack. I think. Okay. So anyway. He never named names. People just kind of internet sleuthed and figured out who the guy was. So this guy was suing them. Was he suing them for defamation? He was suing them for defamation, both him and Cole Cabana, which um, I understand as someone with a legal background, I kind of understand why they went after Cabana, too. But I think most people realized it's extraordinarily unfair for them to go after Cabana when the issue was really what Punk had said. Yeah. and, and there's no, it, I mean, Cabana was kind of like a, he was collateral damage in a sense. And he really didn't interject opinion either. So, yeah, it was kind of crappy. And so there was, now I'm just going to lay out what people online are thinking is that uh, WWE was kind of um, behind this lawsuit. I don't know if I believe that or not. What, uh, DV, uh, I think it's kind of been in, well, it's not, I think, been publicly stated, but I think it's kind of been behind the scenes confirmed that they were behind the lawsuit. Isn't that correct? That's I, what I heard. I, I'm not sure. I don't know. Like, I don't know if I believe it because I think I could see them going after him, but the going after Colt thing, I really don't know if they would do that. I don't know. I'm not sure. It's It was... So anyway, like, in my opinion, and I'm not like a legal scholar or anything, 
I thought the the lawsuit against Colt I thought was pretty frivolous and wasn't going to go anywhere. I thought maybe he had a slight chance against Punk, but I didn't really. I thought it was a pretty frivolous lawsuit all around. It was definitely one that I think was pretty weak overall. Um, I mean, defamation, at least in America, is is pretty difficult to to prove. Um, especially he wasn't going to get remotely what he was asking for. He was asking for $4 million between uh, kind of damages that he, he said he caught was uh, what happened to him, plus punitive damages. Um, and I think and they were kinda, able to prove that Punk had a staph infection, at least, which I think pretty much killed his case. Yeah, I... I heard some of the the inside information about the trial like what happened during the trial i guess one of the the key contentions and i don't i feel it's very foolish that the the plaintiff who is dr aman uh the wwe doctor what his it seemed like one of his major contentions and i don't know why they went with this because if if it was something that could easily be proven to have occurred then you've really just completely gutted your case which is what they did is that they they claimed oh well he didn't even have any sort of infection whatsoever the lump that he says was there actually was never there that's a that's kind of what they were arguing and punk was able his defense team was able to pull multiple different witnesses not just his friends which you can kind of discount as like well you know they'll they'll say anything he actually had some medical people including like i think like his massage therapist some other people like that who do come and testify like no this this was there like i saw it with my own eyes and they were able to describe it in detail like what it looked like everything like that so right there they the the plaintiffs just completely like cut a big part of their case like i don't if i was someone on the jury and someone if someone's clearly arguing like oh yeah this fact never happened and then i have all of this evidence proving that 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 fact at least happened before you get to the fact of like, well, you know, was it was there some sort of medical malpractice involved? Like, I I would have been like, you know, I don't trust I don't trust the plaintiffs. Like, they're arguing something that's clearly frivolous. And and just, let's just be honest here, from a human being standpoint, I think we've all had something wrong with us, and a doctor tell us we're fine, and it end up to not be true. So I think I think it was stupid in that sense because most of us, I think, if I was sitting on a jury and he was saying that, and this guy saying I had this, and like, well. I've had doctors do that to me before, and I've had, you know, and it ended up being a problem. Like, so, not will it really winning me over there. Yeah. So that that was a key part of the argument, and that was kind of thrown out the window. And the other thing that, from what I understand, is that there wasn't really anything in the way of actual damages. Because for people who are not familiar with kind of the legal realm, it's not just enough for a wrong to have been committed, you actually, in, in, in this sort of like tortious action, you need to show that you were somehow damaged. Because if you, if you actually suffer any actual damages from whatever the action is, like what are you going to recover? And in this case, they he couldn't establish, Dr. Amon, he couldn't establish that there was any sort of like professional damage that he suffered. I mean, the WWE still employs him. There's no, there was no evidence that the WWE penalized him for this or employees of the other employees of the company started treating him differently. I think uh, allegedly an argument he made was like, Oh, well my insurance premiums went up, but that's kind of nebulous. I mean, we're, we're in a period of American history where, um, you know, healthcare law and acts like there's a lot of fluctuation with that. So I, I don't think 
your premiums going up a bit can correlate necessarily to this guy claiming that you didn't treat a staph infection. My um, just a, a, a small aside. My my best friend's dad is a gyno, and he has a private practice, and his insurance monthly is disgusting. Yeah, I have a friend who actually is she's uh, a resident. And I'm sure eventually, once she's completely done with everything with her residency, I'm sure she'll probably move into private practice. And she already has to pay an insane amount of money like in I think, premiums. I think his premium monthly is almost six figures or over six figures. Yes. It's it's insane. That's that's kind of a tracking with what I've heard for that. But that that's the high, the highest if you're like in gynecology or um obstetricians well, and the, it, well because any look if there's any sort of look at obstetricians which is that i take it back that's actually what my friend is in. she's an obstetrician um she's gonna be an, she's an obstetrician if you have any sort of thing wrong with your kid then that's like they'll immediately yep. do you exactly it's not necessarily even something that is your fault i mean the kid the, the child could have some sort of genetic abnormality yep. which is kind of i think why in recent years, there's been a push towards a lot of like genetic testing because they, I, I don't even think it's necessarily to try and weed out any sort of issues. I'm sure there is that sort of reasoning involved, but I think it's probably because they don't want to have to deal with this lawsuit. Like it, you're, if your it, kid has some if, sort of defect. Yeah. If, if you have anything to do with delivering children or the pregnancy side of that, you will get sued because mm-hmm. anything's wrong with that kid, they're going to blame you. Yep. There's going to be people who are just in grief and are looking to blame yeah. someone. And it can be the most frivolous case possible that you win, and they will still jack your premiums through the roof. So, okay. anyway, on to, on to happier <laughs> topics. Okay, I'm going to take not, a swig. Not really. <laughs> I'm going to take a big swig before we get to the next part. Okay. Well, so let's let's all, agree, let's all agree that Punk winning that was... Clearly, like the highlight, because it was all kind of downhill from there. Yeah. Remind me that you said that after we talk about this next part, mm-hmm. because I do I have I have a comparison on it. But going into Punk's second UFC fight, Punk had a fight against another zero and one MMA fighter. Is that right? No, the first guy was two and zero. No, no, no. The the guy he faced. Um, oh yeah, yeah. This guy was um. A part-timer. I think he's like a blogger or something, and he was 0-1. They actually both fought the same guy and got tapped by the same guy. Okay. So the idea was that this, by stats, should have been kind of even, right? Yes. Let me tell you something. In the early to mid-2000s, I, when I was in college, I had an opportunity to really push and train in the MMA stuff. And maybe try and pursue something in it. I decided not to because I honestly didn't like the people I was around. And then I went on and became a wrestler anyway. So whatever, right? <clears throat> well, that says something about him, the MMA folks I was around. But to watch this fight, as I'm sure everybody had similar things, but was so very frustrating. Because I'm watching this fight. And their selling point was that Punk's opponent, um, whose name I can't remember for some reason, I'm vapor locking. Mike Jackson. Okay, that Jackson was the striker, but Punk was a better grappler between the two. 
to see what happened. That that's the that's the story they're selling on commentary, right? Punk spends a lot of the first round not trying to take Jackson down and trying to outstrike him. His strikes he had the kind of strikes of someone who's not very practiced in striking because every time like he'd have his guard up super super tight but then whenever he started throwing his whatever hand was not throwing the punch was down at chest level he was not guarding his head at all which i know came back to bite him and then you go into the grappling and that was supposed to be punk's strong point and i don't know if he was just freaking out from being in the octagon again or if he took too hard of a shot to the head early, or what. But it's looked like he forgot what the guard is for on the ground. I need a second, because otherwise I'm going to start ranting. Uh, so one of you guys go yeah, ahead. So, he's, yeah, Brad, you want to go? I, I wrote down kind of things that frustrated me in each round. Well, so... Um, we got a text from Matt Sunday night because we, we all were powering through this. Matt texts us on Sunday night. And you guys, I got to the first spin after the kick and I just had to turn it off. I'll watch it. Tomorrow. Oh, yeah. I, I, I watched it yesterday. Um, we're, we're taping this Tuesday, but I, I, I had to pause it because I, the first five seconds in and they do the thing that sometimes fighters do where they're kind of like they'll throw a little jab or a little kick or something just to kind of like feel their reach, feel out the other person. It doesn't mean anything. Like, nothing's actually happening right yet. And so he throws out a little kick, and then he does, like, this whole little, like, spin move. And I I literally, I threw my hands up. I'm like, no, nope. I'm, I can't deal with this right now. See, the purpose on a spin like that is if you're, it's a, it comes out of Muay Thai roundhouses, where you're trying to make impact with your, with your shin. And if you throw hard and overcommit and miss, the spin is supposed to take you back to a guard position. It's it's not just like you throw a kick and you spin. That's what it is. It's it's a way of taking that momentum to help get you back out of trouble. Okay, that's a logical explanation. But, but the way he did it was so nonchalant. That's not how. That's not the kind of kick he was throwing. Yeah. It was so nonchalant that I swear to God, like, I mean, Mike Jackson isn't, a, well, as we can talk about, he wasn't a terribly accomplished person himself in that octagon. But if that was me, and I don't I don't have any mixed martial arts training whatsoever, but assuming that I did, and I was in that match with Punk, and he did that shit, I would immediately moved right in and just fucking elbowed him in the face and just knocked him down. Because what, what, what was that shit? Like, he was on... He, the match had, had begun. The bell had rung. The fight had begun. I'm calling it a match. I'm still in the pro wrestling world. Like, I don't know what was happening. I'll give Jackson a little credit. that Because he did it twice early on. And Jackson yeah. might have been like, he's trying to sucker me into something. I could totally see that being a thought process. He throws the kick. He does the spin. And Jackson's like, I could... Wait a minute. There's no way it's this easy. What's... And he does it again, and it's like he's trying to sucker me into something. I yeah, can totally see that being a thing. Joe Rogan even mentions it. He's like, oh, you got to watch that spin there. <laughs> well, the thing is, Matt, you're saying elbow him in the head, but a more competent fighter would have taken his back and choked him out mm. within seconds. Well, it's funny you said that because that's a note that I wrote 
myself uh, for the for round one. Um, the thing that I would give Punk credit for when he he did he was more like aggressive in the first round, and he was going for the grapple. And there was one where he was trying to get like a takedown, like a, a double leg takedown of Jackson. But it looked to me, I don't know if you caught it, it looked to me that he completely left himself open for a choke, like a rear naked choke. And for whatever reason, Jackson didn't exploit it. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know if he... uh, Jackson's a douche. That's why. Okay. Well, so but yeah, so... He, he was going for like a double leg, and he clearly left himself open for a choke. Well, his 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 takedown attempts were pretty terrible because what what i saw and i don't know shad would probably have a good idea of this too like the second he would like touch his body like he would stop it was like That's he expected true. him he, to fall over it's kind of like he, he there's on takedowns there's usually some move through in some way because a, a double leg takedown and some of you are going to be listening to this and rubbing your forehead and going duh but just to say it out loud a double leg takedown, you're hooking the knees to take their legs out from under them, and then you're using the shoulder. You're basically trying to rotate them around their hips to flatten them out. If you just walk up to somebody and grab their legs, then you know, you're going to get sued for sexual harassment. But if you grab behind their knees and put your shoulder into them for a takedown, that's how it's supposed to work. And it didn't seem like he was doing that second part. Is that a fair thing to say? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And with his striking, like, okay, so I did some martial arts in my younger day, like nothing, nothing super extensive, and I wasn't necessarily like amazing at it. But so you know, when you're when you're doing strikey type stuff, like there's a there's a rhythm and emotion to it, and you see like the good fighters do that. But like Punk was like this weird, like his body just does not doesn't there's no flow to his body it's like his body works against like his own body he his his strikes were terrible too and he could not defend himself he was throwing haymakers okay full disclosure just for those of you that are listening at this point in 2018 i have been involved in martial arts in one way or another for 26 years so i've done like a lot what I saw Punk throwing were just like good old country boy haymaker type stuff. I didn't see jabs or crosses or uppercuts or anything. Just big looping hooks. And they seemed to come from the shoulder. They didn't seem to have much of the body behind them. Like when, when I did stuff, and I mean, I'm, I don't want to go too far into a tangent, but like when I did that stuff, I'm not a strong puncher. So like... When I would jab at people or use jabs and stuff, I was really just doing it to corral people where I wanted them. Like, I wasn't, like, throwing haymakers and stuff because I was just doing it to make them move where I wanted them to. Does that make sense? Well, there's an old Bruce Lee story. Bear with me. That Bruce Lee said that uh, when he first met Dan Inosanto and they got to talking... And the legend is that Lee said to Inosanto, I tell you what, you and me have a little match. You can do anything you want to, but I can only, the only thing I can do is I can throw a jab with my forward hand. And Inosanto's like, yeah, okay, whatever, you're going you're gonna to throw something. And then Lee just, like, ran him all over the place with it. That forward jab, if you have a strong jab, 
is not only your fastest punch because it's coming from the the side you in the way that that Jackson was doing it, it was coming from because he kind of had that side presented as opposed to squared up. But it's coming; it's your fastest attack, it's your fastest punch, and if you've got some power behind it, then then let's say you land three of those. That's better than trying to then throw like a big cross and it only kind of landing. Um, so those jabs, you can either use them to move people around, or you can use it to start whittling them down. And I was seeing. You know, Jackson was landing those jabs. Because if, if I was Punk in, in there with someone who Jackson, they said, had some gold gloves experience. So he's obviously going to be a better striker. So if I was Punk, I would probably you probably want to back him into the cage instead of like throwing haymakers and stuff. You kind of probably want to poke at him and get him into the cage so you can clinch him where you were saying that's your strength and start throwing some knees like that's. I don't know. He, I don't think he was capable of just doing he it. Has, well, he, the other thing about him is he has no instinctual ability to fight. No. Like, there's even instinctual things to protect yourself that he was not even doing. No, he left himself open, and by that I mean he clearly left himself open to get punched or kicked and did a couple times. I mean, he was busted open before the end of the first round because he left... He, he didn't even, like, guard against that. And it's like... Well, he got, you don't have to. You don't have to be like a a great, you know. Uh, I don't know how to put it. You 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 should know that a guy is going to try and punch you in the face if you leave your face completely open for him to do that. And he got there was a jab, and it wasn't even a good jab that you saw Punk go like stiff on. Yeah, yeah. They mentioned that on the commentary, and uh, I know Joe Rogan kind of got disturbed by it. Yeah, that's. It, <sighs> It doesn't it, look like a good jab, but if it lands solid, then it'll run through you. It'll happen. It, the jab get, didn't strike me as like he was going to, it was like a knockout punch, but it was clearly a jab where it's like someone just really, just someone punched me in the face really, really hard, and I'm yeah. feeling it. So then, the other thing that stood out to me, and this is I saw in a highlight, like, this is how bad the fight was. I forgot this happened. When he went for like that standing guillotine on him, like, it was one of the most pathetic things I've ever seen a fighter try. I think that was his Hail Mary. Um, I just, you know, that early round, he's out there and he's trying, and then you get into the next two rounds, and it's so frustrating because, okay, I understand. There's there's a little aspect in UFC stuff that I don't think gets talked about much. Someone from Sure Dog will jump on here and like rip me a new one, but um, you have to manage your adrenaline spikes because he'll be in the round and you're like all hyped up. The round ends and you sit down and then you crash off of that. So you have to try and manage to maintain your composure from when you are fighting and when you're not. Like you can't just. You know, if you just go out there and go crazy at the very beginning, then you're going to blow yourself up. You're, you know, you're going to run out of fuel. Whenever that happens, your adrenaline spike's going to drop, and you're going to be just exhausted. And he sure as heck didn't manage that. Well, he oh, then He got about, gassed. About yeah. three and a half minutes into the first, there there was a spot where, like, Jackson backed up, and you could just see Punk, like, sucking wind. And it's like, oh, he's he's done. 
Yeah. The other thing that really frustrated me to watch is for someone who's supposed to be such a good grappler, he's got Jackson in his guard, right? And the purpose of the guard is supposed to is gives you the ability to exert con- control. If someone has taken the top on you, you can still exert some control by repositioning their body by using your hips and your back, right? And then your legs are supposed to keep them in place. Punk put his legs around Jackson, but then they just laid there. And so Jackson's like, uh, and he's like, just kind of, you know, yeah, and smacking at him. You yeah, couldn't even. You, there was no like pressure from Punk's legs being exerted. He was like a dead fish. Yeah, he didn't try to kind of draw him in and do anything with it. Um, they weren't cinched tight, even. They were like yeah. laying on the mat. So yeah, um, he was in Jackson. I, that's when I started to become increasingly frustrated with Jackson, and the commentary team did too because. This was the point where there were several times that Jackson could have just finished the fight and didn't. And I don't I don't know if he was just screwing with Punk or... He was just screwing with him. You really think so? Because yeah. so a couple times I was like, well, what's this guy's problem? Like, does, is he not talented enough to put this there away? There might be an Punk's aspect. Doing anything? Dana put there him on be. blast for not finishing the fight when he had the ability to. He could have several times. Yeah, there might have been an aspect of, is this seriously happening? But then, after a while, you go, you know, this 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 is happening. I need to just go ahead and bomb the guy. You know you know how you can tell he was being a douche? With about 35 seconds left in the fight, he tickled him. Yeah, I saw that. Just just kind of a little bit there for, for a second, but... Yeah. And now, there were... In the in the third, I will say I think there were two spots that I don't remember off the top of my head where I thought the referee should have stopped the fight, but I don't remember what those situations were. There were there were plenty of times when it could have been done, um, but suffice to say, as someone who's you know training this sort of stuff, watching it, I, I've the the grappling stuff was frustrating but i'm not a good grappler like i've done brazilian jiu-jitsu and stuff i mean joe rogan was even calling punk stuff he's like this is what you do and it's white belt level stuff yeah i'm not on a you know i'm not a good grappler i'm built i'm not built well for it like i'm tall and i'm long-limbed so it's really easy to put leverage on me but i've taught striking stuff to other people and just to watch it you know is so like, I learned to keep my guard up because I've got chipped teeth on one side of my face because I didn't keep my guard up once, and I learned after that. But to watch this happen, I'm just, you know, I'm blown away, and I'm I'm frustrated watching it because I'm thinking, this is not, this is not a fight. Oh, you and know? you should have cut his hair. Oh, yeah, because that kept oh, on yeah. his face, too. Yeah, so. I was starting to get annoyed by that too. By the end, so my takeaway yeah. with this was, I think, I think you could take your average person that has any athletic ability whatsoever, let them train for a year, and they could probably beat Punk in a MMA match. Because what really struck struck me was Punk has he has if he has no, like I don't even think he has any he has no athletic ability whatsoever. He, he probably has 
some, but it's so specifically suited to pro wrestling stuff, or it was, that it's like, you know... And I, also, I also question, like, his gym. Like, why did you let him do this? Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, he... That's something that I noted when I was kind of composing my thoughts about this match is that he had how long between the the previous match and this one, previous fight in this one? Was it like a year and a half? It was a long time. It was a long time. And he was mildly better in this one than the first one. But that's only saying the first one he had no business fighting. And I say that. I mean that quite the, in the most literal way possible. It was almost as if they just yanked a guy off the street and put him against an MMA person, and he just did not know what to do, and he couldn't even basically defend himself in the first fight. I wouldn't. Yeah. I, I would say it's impossible to tell if he got better because the the guy that beat him in the first fight has won UFC fights since then against like mid tier competition. So like the guy he got he they put him in there with for the first fight. He is a legit prospect. Like, he could probably be a champion one day if the circumstances are right and he continues to develop. This guy was just, like, some nobody. So I don't even know if you could say he's improved. Like, I have friends that do this, like Weekend Warrior It, and do, like, like an amateur fight or two a year, and I think they would destroy him. Maybe. He's it, it just wasn't good. And I, I agree with you. Like I don't know if it's I don't know if it was like this is just what the UFC decided. They didn't want to wait around any longer for him to compete, but it's I'm I'm kinda with you that if I was this guy's trainer, I I, I would be like, No, you should not. And, and, and he wasn't even really good enough for like there's a regional MMA fight happening. That's yeah. not, not televised, not anything. It's almost it, just like it, an exhibition. It, watching a good, watching this fight, a good striker would pretty much just eat him alive if if they went for it. Um, well, yeah, and he he could not even defend himself because he wouldn't even he wouldn't even throw his hands up. Yeah, a, a punch. Yeah, I'm just. I would think anyone that knows like that has. Even okay boxing that can throw combos would just destroy him. It it kind of seems that way. Um, okay. Because could you imagine like someone if they hit him with that first shot and they're already like coming at him with the next one? Like he'd have no answer to that. Not really. Okay, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm going to I'm gonna segue us into the next piece of this. The thing I was going to say earlier, Matt, where mm-hmm. that was his win, dude went on on Twitter and put uh, the the friend, the still from the Shawshank Redemption where Stan, Andy Dufresne standing in the rain and said, "I went one and one." That means it was a good week. And it's like, oh, dude. First of all, that wasn't no, that wasn't a good week. With full disclosure. I've never really cared for Punk. I listened to some shoot stuff, shoot interviews before he signed with WWE. I developed kind of a distaste for him then, so I didn't watch him. You know, even through a lot of the big notable stuff he did. I know some people are, oh my God, we can't take this guy seriously, but whatever. 
And so I've been trying to be really fair, but he puts that on Twitter, which leads into the next piece. The thing that happens with Corey Graves on Twitter after that. So one of you guys, why don't you? Can I, um, can I also give my personal thoughts on punk? Go for it. I think in all fairness and full disclosure, I don't think any, any of us here are perhaps the biggest fans of punk, the person I'll say this about, I, I can actually separate the two. I think Punk as a wrestler, to the extent that he we could even still call him that, because I think he allegedly is done with that. Um, I, you may disagree. I think in the ring, as a wrestler, as a performer, he's probably one of the better ones, in my opinion, for the last like fifteen years, whatever his kind of time span was. He's been out of it now four years, and in that four years, literally the entire landscape of wrestling, not just WWE, but particularly indie wrestling, has changed. So I don't think it's, I'm not trying to compare him to people like Kenny Omega or the Young Bucks or people like that who are really kind of just tearing it up. But I think if you go back to kind of like early 2000s when he at least was kind of starting out or when he was making his name, like an ROH and other places. Uh, IWA Mid South. Um, I think he started off pretty decent, and then he got very good. And I can honestly say, like his WWE run was overall very good. I think he's kind of a very relevant person in the history of of like the last, particularly the last ten to twelve years of the business. I I do like his work. I think he was always a very good promo. But once you start talking about Punk, the human being, I think it's where it all falls apart. Because I actually think he's a very unpleasant person, in my opinion. He's not someone that I would ever probably like or be friends with if I was in the industry. Like He just seems, for lack of a better word, just like a dick. And I yeah. remember I remember, I was watching uh, one of our, our mutual friends, uh, Christy Petrillo, Zach Malibu. Um, I was up visiting him, and we watched the Punk uh, WWE DVD, the best in the world. And we watched the uh, documentary portion. Do you guys ever seen that? No. Mm -mm. It kind of goes into his life, and it's not all bad. And but he clearly has like a perpetual chip on his shoulder. Clearly thinks that he's, you know, hot shit. And I don't think it's all just like an act he's putting on for the documentary. But I recalled something from there, which to me, to this day, still encapsulates the essence of who Punk is as a person. He, as part of the documentary, there's a portion where he, um, he goes, he becomes vegan. And he didn't do this for any particular like dietary reason. He didn't do it because he's trying to, you know, try and be healthier or what have you. He just basically chose to be vegan and it shows him going to WWE catering and he makes a big show about how like there's no food for him to eat there. Cause it's all like, it's obviously they're, they're wrestlers. They need a lot of protein to maintain these kind of absurd physical physiques that they have. You you can't get huge muscles without eating a ton of protein. Mm-hmm. And he's just trying to like, you know, he's eating like a celery stick or something like that. And he's just, increasingly bitter and he like looks at the camera and is like you know i can't eat anything here 
And he says it with like such douchey entitlement. And it's like, okay, I'm sorry that this company that has to feed dozens of employees when they do live tapings and uh, live shows doesn't have <laughs> food for your specific dietary restrictions. That he probably that, didn't tell that, them he had. Exactly, that you just randomly chose to adopt. Like, I'm sorry that they didn't factor you in as they're trying to feed literally a hundred other people as part of this, like, traveling carnival show. And that, to me, is, like, that's the essence of punk. Someone who is, like, completely self-absorbed and just a douche and doesn't seem to care what other people think of him, I guess, because that kind of feeds into what happened with Corey Graves. And well, it's a it's about Corey Graves, but it's about more than Corey Graves. I just... I hate that attitude because, so, um, I don't have a gallbladder anymore, so I have to be really careful about things I eat at times because, you know, bad things will happen. So when they do, like, a potluck at work or something, I just don't eat anything because there might be something there that's going to make me sick. Okay, yeah, follow that. You know, so when you when you decide to be a vegan, good for you, but don't be upset when there's nothing to eat because you have a very... You have a very strict diet that 99% of Americans do not follow. So if you're going to work, pack your shit. I have yeah. a, a – I'll, I'll be honest. In my personal life, my sister-in-law is vegan. Um, and most of the time it's fine. But there, there are times like when we're the visiting her or she's visiting us. It becomes like a problem because it's like, well, where are we going to go eat? We can't just eat anywhere, right? You have to find a place that's actually vegan friendly. So, look, it's that kind of again just encapsulated what I think of his personality. It's like, oh, you you want to cop an attitude because the attitude he cop was like, ugh, like of course this company wouldn't do that for me. It's like, what? Well, why do you feel so entitled? Why do you think you're so special? My so, problem with him is, so he was supposedly living the dream, and he is just a miserable dick every step of the way. Well, if you hear, if you hear like the chatter, he's like, "Oh, I've never been happier," and that actually may be true in many respects. But he also does seem like a miserable human being, and how he kind of comports himself, especially with people who allegedly were his friends, which is what the whole Corey Grieve, Corey Graves um, issue is. Why don't you give us a uh, a background on that then, on on the thing with Corey? Brad, do you want to jump in or you want me to so, cover it? Was this Saturday night or Sunday morning that this happened? This was this was the night of the fight because people got very salty with Corey for tweeting. For Corey Graves went on a tweet storm and he yes. did it Saturday night when when Punk lost and people got very upset. So he pretty much put Punk on blast after this and pretty much just blasted him. I I think the only one that really stood out was talking about how Punk had held his kid before he did because he was out of town. And like there was a whole thing about betrayal. Like I don't remember the specific tweets, but it was pretty it was pretty much like Punk's a dick like, you know, and he's not loyal and stuff. So there was kind of this divided thing where a lot of people thought he was talking about Punk leaving the WWE and that Graves was just being like a shill. But there is this interview for Fightful, I think, maybe. 
I saw someone posted a link to an interview, and pretty yes. much what happened is um, they were in Chicago for something, and they were good friends, and Corey Graves like, hey, you want to do dinner? And Punk was like, I don't associate with anything to do with the WWE anymore. And that's what kind of like led to this. Well, beyond that, he, uh, of course, this is cool. Purely Corey Graves' side. I, to my knowledge, Punk has not responded. Um, but Corey alleges that Punk, it, it was more than just like, oh, I don't associate. It was like, you know, I'm no longer friends with you. You yeah. are, you're, you're, it, he made it a very us versus them. I actually have, I just pulled up Corey Graves' Twitter feed. Um, he hasn't really updated it a ton since Saturday night. The first tweet uh, where the kind of shots were fired, I guess. He says, quote, maybe abandoning everyone who stood by your side, even when we weren't supposed to, only to have you turn your back on us, wasn't the right move after all. No anger, only sadness. Uh, and it got a lot, it got quite a few comments um, about that. And from Corey Graves' perspective, what he's intimating to people is that he and several other people tried to remain friends with punk but punk effectively chose a very us versus them like anyone associated with the wwe uh, i don't consider you my friend so he cut them out of his life and it's people who uh, according to Corey, stayed with them or stuck by him even after the lawsuit got filed could you um, imagine could you imagine like let's say think about think about someone that is close enough to you that held your child before you did and think about them refusing to be your friend because of where you work. I mean, I understand that like they to work an extent. For, yeah, but like I mean, there's there's a little extent to it that I could kind of get. Yeah, but on I mean, the other hand, yeah, I, I kind like, of understand it in in one perspective. But you got to pay your bills, though. Yeah, let me. On one hand, it's like okay, I feel like this company did very wrong by me. And, I, you know, I'm still hurt about it. But someone who is a friend of yours while you work there, they don't haven't had that problem. In fact, they've done well there. Are you going to hold that against them? That, I mean, to cut them out entirely seems like, you know, that's that's way too much. I can understand being hurt about the company. And it's like, look, man, I'm I'm still hurt about this. I don't want to. This is not something I want to, um, you know, something I want to deal with right now. Can you hit me up later? Yeah, and especially, like, when that person you're ghosting can't actually do the other part of it anymore because of brain injuries. Like, mm-hmm. kind of makes you extra douchey. Yeah. Yeah, so so Graves called him out on all of this um, and did get that interview with, with Fightful kind of explaining um, and defending his position. Because people did... Punk has... Look, Punk is not without his fans. And they they kind of were attacking Graves. And some people were attacking him based upon the timing because it was Saturday night. To me, the way I read that, when sending it out Saturday night, um, the way I perceived it, because I I try to put myself in Corey's head. And I feel like I would kind of feel the same way. Like, if, if I had a friend who they're abandoning our friendship um, for whatever reason, and then they're going into another another field, or th- there's a reason why our friendship is ending, and then they kind of fall on their face about that. Like, I wouldn't... 
I'm a bigger person. I wouldn't like rub it in their face. I think some people were thinking he was rubbing it in a punk's face. I didn't take it as that. I kind of took it in the sense it's like, well, you know what? You gave up wrestling and all of your friends in wrestling for this other thing. And now that's not even an option anymore. Like, I hope it was worth it. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, I kind of, maybe there's a little bit of bitterness there, but to me, it re- when he says, like, only sadness, like, I, I actually can't perceive that. Like, I feel like he's, he's clearly upset. But I, I, don't, kinda, he's, I don't think he's without reason. I kind of have a problem with kind of how Punk acts, too, because, I don't know, I get this vibe that he's trying to pull this, like, oh, yeah, the people are on my side and stuff. It's like, you don't even like the people. Like, you're a phony. No. Yeah. And, and well, that was the other thing I, I should have mentioned. The other thing that apparently Graves had a big issue with is that it wasn't just that Punk stopped being friends with several people. Um, in the last few days, he gave an interview where he's basically like, oh, yeah, I'm done with wrestling, which if you look at one perspective, the only reason why anyone cares about Punk and in, in UFC or anything is because he was a wrestler and he was quite popular at that. I just... Honestly, with Punk, like, okay, you're done with wrestling, then go away. I mean, he might. There's not a whole lot left for him to do unless he tries to go into, like, the entertainment industry. He's too much of a whore, and he likes money too much. I think he'll find something else to annoy us all with. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, if uh, I mentioned it before, like, we're kind of going through a period in, in wrestling that's almost like a renaissance like he could come back into wrestling if he doesn't want to have anything to do with the wwe he wouldn't make that sort of money again but we're we're in a situation where you have people like chris jericho who's what in his is he in his 50s now or close to it he's 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 like 40 something let me look okay he's like late 40s he's like 47 i think i'm gonna guess late 40s and you know he's doing a lot of things with new japan like I absolutely believe career Punk. renaissance. I'd call for Jericho. Yeah, he could Punk could. I could easily see forty-seven. Damn, I'm good. <laughs> I could see Punk going and doing something like New Japan for a time, um, and there would be some interesting matches there. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know what's going to happen with him. But so the problem I see with that is, I think this fight damaged his. I know people are saying it doesn't matter, and Jim Cornette said that, but I honestly feel like this fight damaged his brand to a certain extent, and he is he is quickly hitting a point where I think his um his star is not going to be needed anymore for promotions outside of WWE, or perhaps his star is not strong enough that they would feel like putting up with some of the perceived problems with him would be worth yeah. doing because because i think the problem for him right now is i think i think everyone is counting down to when they can try and take their shot at daniel bryan and i think he'd be a super hot property on the indie scene i think punk especially after that fight i think if you gave it a year and let the bad taste kind of go away i think he might be worth some money to someone but i don't think he's that hot property that he would have been even like six months ago yeah that makes sense and i think i think the big problem for him is wrestling's just kind of moved on that's a great point and i actually completely agree with that he's been out of it four years now and like i mentioned earlier in that four years things have changed dramatically and the quality of people who are now even on the indie scene or overseas both 
it's not overseas, but down in Mexico. And also, if you're looking at Japan, and even in Europe, too, the quality of, of the indie wrestler or the Japanese wrestler, it's it's kind of skyrocketed. And it, if and it's it become good. a lot harder to stand out now than it used to be. Yeah. Yeah, because even look at a guy like Walter, like... Five years ago, would you have some random guy in Europe like making those kind of waves in the states? Probably not. He would have been more of like a curiosity, I guess. And I mean, even think about like think about what's drawing right now. Like really, the big storylines built up in the big promotions are trickling down. Like Cody versus Kenny Omega, which leads us into our next topic. Um, we've been looking at. All in the pay-per-view, the Bucks and Cody Rhodes are putting together, which I think is what going to be in Cow Palace. No, that's the New Japan show. The um, oh, okay. The um, the All In is in Chicago. It'll be in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, they've been talking about stuff they're going to be doing on it, and I believe the main event you mentioned, if I understand correctly, is going to be Cody versus Kenny Omega. Is that correct? Or is that um, just a rumor I've heard? I, is that I, it? I thought I thought um I thought Corey was gonna challenge Dalton Castle. No, or Cody's challenging um Cody's challenging Nick Aldis for the Yes, that's correct. NWA okay. title. Okay. Well, then I was incorrect and I don't have a problem with that. I but, I saw the card at some point and I don't remember it now. I know like I think Jay Lethal's on it, Okada's on it. Oh wow, Jay Lethal! Yeah, no. now, now I'm now <laughs> I'm excited. Gonna do the lethal injection to someone! Hooray! You know, I'll give another shout out uh, on the podcast to Zach Malibu. Um, I was hanging out with him WrestleMania weekend, and he he met, he threw this analogy out there. And when, I didn't I didn't think about it in these terms when he said it. Now the only time it's the only thing I can think about whenever Jay Lethal comes up, he's like he's the. Uh, He's the Randy Orton of Ring of Honor slash indie wrestling. And it's like, true, you're right. Like, it's someone who is technically a very competent worker, but you just have no excitement to see him in anything anymore. You know what I liked him best as when he was that plucky underdog in TNA that would, like, wrestle Jarrett or Sting and, like, give them hell for about eight minutes before he would eat their finisher in, like, the worst way possible? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed Lethal a lot in that time frame. I, I haven't gotten to see him a whole lot since then, but I really enjoyed him in that time frame. I and thought I he was his, great. And I th- in, uh, liked his yeah. tag team with um, Xavier Woods. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Uh, lethal Consequences. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, All In's looking pretty good. Uh, I believe Jericho said that he won't be on it, but... You know, that could change with his New Japan involvement, though. Potentially. Um, which will bring us to the other thing. Uh, this will feed in. It, we'll come back to Japan in a second. But with All In going on the way it is, there's been rumblings about Ring of Honor looking to run a show in Madison Square Garden. So this, this rumor was going around, and I thought it was going to be like AAA or someone, and then I saw it was Ring of Honor, and I'm, I don't understand what they're thinking. My understanding is Madison Square Garden is expensive to run in now, which is why Vince hasn't been back. Well, the, it's it gets it gets exponentially more expensive if you run TV there, and I hear if you go past eleven, 
it gets insane. Like I think Dana White said it cost them a shit ton of money because they went a little over their time with what the union overtime costs. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Okay. But I well, don't know. I, met, I, I have to feel if Ring of sorry to cut you off. I, I feel like if Ring of Honor is going to do Madison Square Garden, like they have to at least be taping it. If it's yeah. not like an IP pay-per-view. And that gets expensive. Yeah. But where, where okay. I think they're dumb is, so the biggest house they've ever drawn is 6,500, and that was being attached to WrestleMania. And I think Madison Square Garden, is that 19,000? Or is it 21,000? Not sure. So I don't see how they even put, how they even half fill that arena, let alone sell it out. Maybe they could have in some years past, but I don't know. There just doesn't seem to be enough buzz around right now for it. Even at their height, they they wouldn't have. I mean, even TNA's best show ever, they did 10,000 people, which mm. still would be not very much in the garden. Mm-hmm. It, it, I don't know. To me, it's it strikes it like they saw what happened with All In. And thought that they could pull the same trick, which to me, it strikes me as like you completely missed why I why all in is such a big deal. That's exactly what I was going to say. That's like typical tone deaf ring of honor these days. I don't know if I don't know if either of you guys watch the TV or have ever like tried to watch it. Their TV is really bad. I'm not sure it comes on locally here. It did briefly here on like Sunday afternoons, which I, I usually wasn't home, but I saw it was the episode where Colt Cabana turned on Dalton Castle. And, you know, Castle's good, Cabana's good, so that worked. But for everything else, it was just kind of. It felt like it was just kind of there. Yeah, that's that's their TV in a nutshell. I will give them credit, though, that, that the commentary that got rid of Kevin Kelly, which was an automatic improvement, and Colt Cabana on color commentary is really strong. Cool. But hmm. the shows are pretty... Like, if you get to the end... Like, they tape out, like, four or five episodes. When you get to the end of, like, a taping session, it gets really lazy. Like, you can go... Like, you can have a big show... And the way their taping works, you don't even start dealing with, like, the ramifications of that show until, like, it's been over for three weeks. Mm. Gotcha. Okay. And and they did, and they've done some really dumb things lately, like their Women of Honor title and putting it on Sumi Sakai. Got nothing for you on that. Yeah, why was was that? I have no idea. I would have put it on, um... You were at that show, weren't you? You missed those matches, though. Crap. I, I, missed, put it... the, I missed the semifinals. I, I I don't know why. I, to me, I thought we got there in time, but I, I completely missed those. I saw the final, which wasn't... Oof, it was not well, great. Well, so, so Shad, I'm just going to throw this out there. So they pretty much... They had this woman... She wasn't. She's not that great. Kelly Klein. So they pretty much put her on, like, a two-year undefeated streak. Her first uh-huh. loss was in the final of this tournament... Okay. And then they barely mention it on commentary when it happened. Golly, that's just a waste. And like Sumi Sakai was like on like the really early Ring of Honor shows, and they're trying to they kind of tried to go that direction with it. Uh-huh. But she's not really over. She's not really that good, and she's really not doesn't have star power to her. So it's kind of not very good. 
if I was doing it, I would have probably put it on uh, Mayu Iwatani, who's really good and has star power. But I don't know what kind of access they would have had to her since she's um, a stardom talent. Well, if, and if that's the case, then why don't you just put it on um, Tennille Dashwood? I mean, at least she has a name and, you know, you can get her. Mm. I yeah. don't know. It's And Tennille, like, compared to, like, some of the women they have on the roster, has star power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know what they were doing other than they, they just saw that what the WWE was doing with Asuka and just decided they want they wanted their own Asuka. I have no idea. But speaking okay. of kind of that I'm, sphere... Yeah, um, I was going to move us on to talking a little bit about the recent New Japan show. I unfortunately haven't had the time to watch this yet, but I am super interested in where they went with some of their decisions. Yeah, I haven't seen it either, but I am excited. Um, from what everyone... I've heard it said, um, I know Dave Meltzer has talked about this on in his shows, but the Kenny Omega Okada match is apparently one of the best matches of in like years. And they've already had at least two fantastic five star matches. I would give them I would say they've had two fantastic matches and one very good match before this. Yeah. So this I mean, depending upon how you want to compare it to kind of match feuds from times past but it seems like this is kind of going to be another like flare steamboat series where every match is tremendous so i'm excited to see the the match I'm, which go ahead i'm also excited for jericho as the intercontinental champion and i'm excited that frees naito up so that maybe we can get like when they get to wrestle kingdom we could have omega and naito for the iwgp title Hmm. And I'm also excited for the Bucks being promoted to the worthless IWGP heavyweight tag titles. Well, we'll we'll have to set aside some time after we've gotten to watch it. But uh, it's okay, just t- it's just tough because it comes on at like three in the morning, and I just sure. didn't get a chance to get to it. And I mean, I'm gonna have to like. I mean, the the Omega and Okada match is an hour and six minutes, so I've got to really set aside some time to, like, digest that. Sure. That's that's a lot to... That's a lot to get through. It's two out of three falls, so it's, like... It's really, like, three, you know, 25-minute matches, if I look at it that way. Sure. All right. So, upcoming... Um, upcoming, we have uh, Money in the Bank pay-per-view is coming back in the States here. And after that is SummerSlam. So we're going to work our way through Money in the Bank um, a little bit. We'll kind of go down the match card. But I'm going to lead us off with the big news for Money in the Bank. The big news. The thing that will shake the world. That's right. The return of a fan favorite is coming. Turtle Man! The big hog, James Ellsworth, is supposed to be returning at Money in the Bank. What do you guys think? I'm Okay, that is probably the most excited I've been for <laughs> WWE news in six months. <laughs> I'm, I'm not that. even kidding. I really, 
it would have pissed everyone off, but I really wanted him to come back and drag and win the women's Royal Rumble just so he could have won the first Money in the Bank and the first Royal Rumble just to like piss everyone off. <laughs> I'm I'm presuming he's gonna partic- or somehow be involved with the the Carmella match. Yeah, I'm thinking he either like he he's going to i think he's going to cause the decision either way he's either going to turn on her or he's going to help her it it'll be interesting but i've i've been a fan of Ellsworth just the dude took an opportunity and ran with it and I, you know he got a contract for a while out of it that's you know good for him that's great i like this which match who did he wrestle at Joey Janela's spring break? Didn't he? Didn't he uh, wrestle Matt Riddle? Yeah. Yes, he did. I think. Was that good? I haven't seen that. Uh, it was short, that, but that it card. was good. I mean, James Elworth is actually kind of a really competent worker. Yeah, he and, is actually. And I love, I love the spots where like someone like goes to kick him or like put him in a chin lock and they miss because he has no chin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's always been a fun. Uh, Fun little gimmick to do. No, but he's like he. I mean, I'm not saying he's like a world beater or anything, but he is. He's just super competent as a as a worker. Uh, you know what? I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. So All right. I'm, lo- I'm looking at this card and oof. It's got some um, oof oof potential to it. Yeah. So I'm going to lead it. I'm just going to kind of work our way down the card. The first thing on it's the, that I will talk about is the namesake, uh, Money in the Bank, which the, the people I have listed here for it. And so if I've got this wrong, please pardon me. I did it in kind of a hurry. But Braun Strowman, uh, Joe, Kevin Owens, Bobby Roode, The Miz, Rusev, and one member of the New Day, TBD. So, so this which, match does little for me. Looking at the cards, probably the match I'm most interested in. I'm hoping they put Big E in this and let him win. That would be very interesting. I could clearly see it being Big E. But I think, uh, looking at who's in this, I'm going to say it's going to either be Braun or Joe. I think those would both be good picks. Braun, because of what they've been doing with him and the sheer... Um, trouser ruining terror of Braun Strowman potentially showing up with that briefcase at any point. Although you could get the same thing out of Joe. It would just be a little more understated. I actually don't like Braun in this match. Because... Kind of, go yeah, ahead. Because like at Elimination Chamber, they did the right thing with him. as just him murder-killing everyone. But I don't... I don't want him doing that in this match. I kind of want like crazy, stupid spots and... You, you're gonna have to find creative ways to like keep Braun down. Yeah. And um, I don't know. Consider everybody that is in this match, though. Uh, it would like be probably the most believable to uh, have this these collection of guys keep Braun down for, or keep putting him down. The you know, I look at it, and it, it's kind of like whenever they put Kane in a TLC match right before Raw's 10th anniversary or something. It just it didn't didn't fit, you know. Yeah, like I said, if if I was booking this, I'd put Biggie and have him win. 
So. So what do we? So then, uh, Matt, what, who's your pick on this? Who do I? Who do I think they'll give it to? Yeah. I could definitely see Strowman winning it, and I I am a huge Braun Strowman fan, but I don't think I don't think that really elevates him. I don't think he needs that. Who I think it would be very interesting to have um, have it would be either Joe or if it is Biggie, Biggie. Mm-hmm. Um, who I would also kind of be accepting of, and I'd be perfectly happy with the result is if uh, if Balor wins it. Yeah, it'd be okay oh yeah, Balor's in it. I'm sorry, I, I didn't, I didn't put his name in the list. My you know bad. what? You know what I want someone to do with the money in the bank one of these years just to change it up. I want them to like earn a legitimate title shot while having the briefcase for like a pay per view, and then they just come out, they just absolutely destroy the champion for, and then take the DQ, and they're like, oh yeah, I'm cashing it in. And then just pin them after they've, like, put them through a table, like, beaten them half to death with a chair and, like, bloodied them. And then they're just like, oh, I'll take the DQ. Here's my briefcase. Like, okay, let's get this started. I I can totally see that being a joke thing right there. I feel that's booking that they could only pull once, but I would be very interested in seeing that. And you're right. I think that is something that's, that's like, tailor-made for Joe. Like, Joe could absolutely demolish someone, but just choke the hell out of them. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Get Until disqualified it, and then immediately just pins them. Because Joe would shrug and be like, "Hey, I had a plan. You didn't." Yeah. Because and it, it would be like the first time since Edge that they've really gotten someone over with that. Because it's not like they took advantage of something. It's like they legitimately just destroyed them and used like that stipulation to allow that to allow them to do whatever the hell they wanted and then to still have their their trump card. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, just, just an aside, um, I still remain a fan of Finn Balor. Um, I really wish that they would kind of move him up into the main event. I think you'd have some more fresh matches with him, and I feel you could get a lot out of him. I, I like with the him. With the belt, but I like him, but they, they've, they have not handled the demon well, which I think was the interesting aspect of him. See, I feel. I'm gonna. I feel the opposite. I feel like the demon should only come out every now and again, and I no, feel like they were, they were using it too much. And I just there there are avenues they could have gone with him, but they've really kind of neutered him. Yeah, in a I, bad I way. I think they've been trying to build him up a little bit more with having him work, you know, like with Rollins and Miz and some of the others. It seems to me though that the demon's kind of a walking spoiler because it. The demon hasn't lost yet, so when he shows up, it's like oh, he's gonna win. I can fast forward through this. I really, I think too, I would have because when they were kind of doing their thing in NXT, they had good on-air chemistry. Was I would have paired him up with Bailey? Yeah, well, they don't. They I don't really see. know what they're doing with Bailey, but no, I, I they, kind don't. Of, they don't know what I they're agree. doing with anyone. Well, yeah, that's true. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and move us on to our ne- the next match I have on the list here, which we've touched on before, so I don't imagine we'll spend too long on talking about Daniel Bryan versus Big Cass. Ugh. It does seem like kind of a... Well, Bryan won... They're killing his overness. 
yeah, I don't think his overness will ever die. They'll be interested whenever he's doing something interesting again. Cause yeah, but he feels cold though. Like he he should be the hottest thing in wrestling right now, and he's fucking working with big casts. They're doing a rematch where the baby faced already won clean. So why are we redoing this? I would to rather hit, I would rather him wrestle. Let me see. I'm gonna give you a list of who I'd rather see him wrestle than Big Cast. I would rather him wrestle the Invisible Man, the DDT Blow Up Doll. How about we dig up um, Giant <laughs> Gonzalez's corpse? That would probably he'd probably have more work rate than Big Cast. Um, what else can we get in there? How about um, how about Hornswoggle? All better options than Big Cast. You know, it is. It's kind of shocking how Enzo was. In retrospect, Enzo was all the talent in that team. He was. <laughs> now, Brad, I'm. I just. I feel like I need to remind you for. Uh, for you know the rules on our podcast here that you need to not hold back and tell us how you really feel about he, stuff. He's terrible. I mean, people compare him to Test, and that is a gross thing to say about Test because Test actually had talent, not much, but he had something resembling talent. Test, uh, at least for a time, got pretty over, and he did have some amount of talent. And he did. So, he would bust that. And that the um. The SummerSlam 99 match with Shane was pretty good. Tess could be carried, at least, at a minimum. And, I mean, he wasn't great, but he he wasn't embarrassing in the ring. And Cass is just not good. He's very and, not good. And there's when, things I've when seen, When Cass's like, finish is basically just a standing elbow drop. No. Just... And, and he's careless with Brian. Like, you gotta... I know you can't handle him with kid gloves, but, like, there's been a couple things he's done where it's like, come on, dude. Like, you know he just came back from concussion issues. Like, don't do that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I just... I just... I know. Ugh. I know. No, I'm uh, with you. I, I Look, I, I think I've expressed this on the podcast before, but there is very few people... I could probably list on one hand the number of people who I'm truly like emotionally invested in them, and Brian is at the top of that list. So I would rather he be competing for the championship or at least feuding with someone where it's going to matter instead of them bringing him back and wasting however many, however much more time he has in his career on yeah. trying to get this like big stiff over. Yeah, because, uh, you know, Vince, of course, is just obsessed with guys who are like seven foot tall and have no talent. OK, just so we don't beat the dead horse, this will come back up. But so we don't beat the dead horse. The next match I have on my list is actually Nia Jax versus Ronda Rousey. Ech. It's so this I expect there to be some wankery that costs Ronda the match or gets it thrown out pretty quick but so if if I had Ronda Rousey on my roster this is the absolute worst thing I think you could do with her because this program has sucked and they are lucky that people are still invested in Ronda because this is how you kill someone dead I agree I agree completely it, it's not been they've been 
my understanding is they've been feeding her um, really bad scripted lines for her to say and stuff, and it's yep. not come off well. Nope. I mean, they've killed. I mean, they've killed Naya with this, but I think Rhonda will be okay just because she's Rhonda and she's survived thus far. But they put a lot of money in her, and they are not protecting her. Yeah. Well, and the hell of it is, Naya had a really good build to Mania, and then they screwed up the payoff. And then they came back to it and they screwed up the payoff again. So it hasn't what should be like, you know, a, a high point for her has not been. So, you know, this it, I don't know I don't know who's in charge of this, but it's not it's not working. And I'm actually I'm hoping for a run in, which I presume would be by Stephanie McMahon. Um She's kind of like laid low since Mania, so I'm presuming that that's leading towards her like coming and and screwing over Ronda so they can kind of continue that feud. But I actually, I, I'm hoping for that because I think Ronda needs more experience, and putting her in there with Naya is a bad Naya. idea to be. It's it's a bad idea to begin with, um, but you, you for sure don't want to have her win the championship at this stage. Why you would you? Imagine, yeah, it's a hot shot. Could you imagine and, if Naya injures Ronda, which isn't inconceivable? It's not at all. That would probably put a nail in Naya's coffin right there. But um, I, I, I'm gonna say I was wrong about Ronda. I didn't think it would work, and it's worked to this point. But man, are they trying to sabotage it every step of the way? And I don't think it's intentional just it's i think it's their own incompetence but she's but she's a wrestling fan though i mean i know she would probably need some guidance a bit but i think she'd be i don't think she would embarrass herself if you left her to her own devices let me put this out there as high profile person as Rhonda is do you think there's any way that this does not have a heavy hand on the tiller like someone breathing down her neck about do this, now do this, now do this, now do this stuff. I mean, they do, but that's, uh, that's, but that's not why she's over though. It's, it's not, but like, I could see this being very much a like, Oh, we need to make sure we don't screw this up. We have to tell her every last thing to do. And she's like her being like chafing under all this, you know, I think she's I think she's happy to be there fangirling out and is going along with it because it's it's wrestling which she loves. And mm-hmm. I think I think um I just think she's not I think she's too excited to be there for her to say wait a minute like this is stupid no. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. And, but. and I think it's hard to be like in her position and be like new, they're still training you, they've put all this money into you, and like tell them no. But I think she needs to realize like she has all the leverage in this situation because she's probably she's probably the one of the three biggest stars on the roster, and you, she might be the biggest. You have you have someone who's a crossover star, and yet you've got this stuff happening. It's we'll see we'll see what happens Sunday. Um. Next match is Carmella versus Asuka. Ugh. Okay. You if, know, if Carmella wins this match, I swear to God, I give up on the women's division. 
I can like Carmella winning the title the way she did. Okay, that's totally in character. It's a classic Money in the Bank thing. I get it. The problem I have is that they're one. They were apparently pushing her to use a super kick as a finish, and she literally kicked out some of Charlotte's teeth. Like, <laughs> like guys, whoa! Maybe you ought to pump the brakes at this point a little bit. So, what I think this match should be, this match should be about a minute and a half. Carmella should try and run and dive out of the ring. Asuka catches her. Asuka, you, you, you know, scares the crap out of her, locks it in, she taps, Asuka wins, and we f- forget Carmella ever tried to wrestle. Uh, that's kind of what we said about Nia Jax and, um, and uh, Alexa Bliss, but... There- because in my in my world, Oscar should well. This is true of Charlotte too. Oscar should never have to sell for someone like Carmella. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't think so. Or if she did, very very little. Like she should be she should be a mosquito to Oscar. For someone who's been the buzzsaw that Oscar has been, that would make sense. Matt, I I think what if if there are bringing um what's what's his name again? Ellsworth. <laughs> Ellsworth. Yeah, if they're bringing Ellsworth back, I imagine it's going to be some sort of like schmooze ending where Whereas he'll. Conan uh, calls him Turtle Guy. Yeah, I'm sure they'll be like it'll, it'll probably wind up being like some sort of DQ where she'll keep the title, um, and then this will this feud will continue. Because what else are they going to do? I mean, I really hate their their adherence to like you can't have like a one and done program anymore. Yeah, it doesn't seem like that. That's because like, like the Brian Cast thing would have ended, right? But we can't have that. It would be nice if they did, if they could end it quickly, because then you could have Oscar work towards a more like a, a better opponent, maybe someone like Becky Lynch for SummerSlam, but yeah i don't know i I don't i don't want to see carmella versus asuka continue on a SummerSlam. that's not that's not anyone's best interest no no but here we are what's our next match (laughs) our next match (laughs) apparently took a good upswing here lately but that's bobby lashley versus Sami Zayn, which has had some truly Truly awful, 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 awful build. So, but, but we got we got some good stuff um, this past Monday. So I've never been a Bobby Bobby Lashley fan. Um, I thought his TNA stuff was um, decent. I wasn't excited <laughs> about his return, but wow, did he make no impact whatsoever? I. Well, it doesn't help that they have taken away what was his finish for a long time. They're like, no, no, Roman's using that. You can't use it. So what? what is his finish? It's a stalling vertical suplex. Yes, in 2018. Yeah, I mean, look. Yeah. I just want you guys to know I'm, I'm debuting in the WWE next week, and my finish is the heart punch. I would go crazy if someone were to bring back the hard punch. That'd be the best gimmick ever. 
The gimmick See, is I give them the heart punch and they shit themselves and then I pit them. There is there that was a joke in our locker room of what do you want to do tonight? And the first response most people had is heart punch go home. Um, Why not? Well, and then we'd talk about what we actually you know, we'd actually talk about our match, but that was that was usually the first thing out of somebody's mouth. Or the spinning toehold. Let's bring that back. Uh, it just... I don't know why they don't let him use the Dominator. No one's using that move. Right? I know. I can't think of anyone it, else using that. Or there's a million things that you could have him do. Yeah, if, I mean, he's a big, if, strong guy. Like, he's, if it wasn't the Dominator... The power moves. Yeah, yeah, if it wasn't the Dominator, you could have him do... Good lord, they, you could have him just use a Death Valley driver, and there you go. It's 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 no big, you know, bam, Death Valley driver, and no one's using it. And, you know, he's got the big broad shoulders, and he could pick up anybody on the roster with it. And, hey, you're, you're off to the races. But instead, what was, to be fair, a... You know, a decent mid-match spot has now become his finish. And um, I when want Zane to kick him in the face. Why I don't did they think give him the will, jackhammer? I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know unless <laughs> unless his, they intend for uh, Goldberg to come back again at some point. His, his signing is the exact reason I dislike current wwe though is they signed him with no purpose in mind they just signed him so no one else could have him and i hate when wwe does this at like various points in their yeah existence yeah that makes it's i don't know what's going to happen my hope is that zane gets a win because zane could use it and lashley's not really lashley's just kind of stuck in neutral Lashley's going to win in like five minutes. I know he is, but damn it, let me hope. So what's uh, next on this shit show? Oh my god, is Reigns and Mahal going to main event this thing? Uh, oh, they, no. They can't possibly do that. No, 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 no. They're not going to. There's no way I'll believe that, that Reigns and Mahal will... You know what, let's go ahead and talk about that now. Who thought uh, this was a good idea? This is like the two most... like legitimately like people don't like them in the company and not like on a heat level they just don't want to watch them i have to feel this is just um filler while uh, until they put uh, until we get roman lesnar uh, version 18.0 yeah like we'll come back to that like they had to they had to merge the pay-per-views back together again because mahal tanked smackdown so bad uh, just not, I don't know what, I guess they're, they're trying, I guess they're trying to get Roman over by having him beat up gender, but look, you know, more power to him. The guy's been a world champion. I haven't, but he's just the worst, like his stuff outside the ring, his entrance, his look, his promos. Those are pretty good. I can live with that. But you get him in the ring, and I feel like taking a nap. Because I'm not going to see 
you know, I'm not going to see anything huge. I'm not going to be engaged. I don't know if it's supposed to be like some kind of weird, like Andy Kaufman style anti-wrestling thing that where he gets booed for for not doing stuff. But it, I don't know, it just bores me. The only thing interesting about him when he was world champion was seeing which way the Sings were going to murder themselves during the match. They, yeah, they were. I have a. They were going to die. Go ahead. I have a. I have a contrarian streak, so I kind of like I kind of like gender, <laughs> um, but he's not he's not terribly good. I mean, I don't, actually don't think he's terrible per se, but he's he's in over his head. Yeah, he's clearly like a mid card guy that they thrust into the main event um, because he has a good look. And I, even though I've criticized that mentality, I kind of do like his look. Like he, but but I think they need to go. They need to just go like crazy with him like they need to make I, I i've expressed before like they need to make him into like chic 2.0 where he's just like a crazy heel he, he'll just like fucking stab you or go nuts on you they should that, that would and be interesting because he worked he his style isn't great he's not a i don't think he's terrible actually i think he's a, a he's perfectly fine, but he's not like main event level. And I don't know if he's ever going to get there. I mean, he's no. been, he's been in that level for a while and they, he just hasn't. And I'll feel like there's progress, but his problem is, is, his problem is, is like, he's been a curtain jerker, like a mid Carter, his whole career. So he's built to work like eight to 10 minute matches. And mm-hmm. he's not great at that, but he's okay. The problem is then, so you're asking him to work like 15 to 30 minutes. Usually and so you're you're asking pretty much a guy to that only has eight to ten minutes worth of content to stretch that out to double that length of time, and then that's where he like falls apart. It's yeah. it's tough to do because like when I got started, there I was in like five ten minute matches, right? And then they wanted me to start doing longer stuff, and I was happy to do it, but I kind of struggled for a while because it was you know what am I how do I stretch this out without making it, you know, suck? And you flounder for a bit. Um, I just, I don't know. I know Reddit went crazy whenever Mahal won the title. And they're like, oh, don't hinder the gender. And then, you know, like, it was crazy. Everywhere was up for it. And, you know, it took about a week. And then people were like, uh, they, they should have hindered the gender. Well, it was also part of the time because it was, you were looking at anyone or yet another Randy Orton championship reign. And I yeah. think some of us were like, I'll take uh, door number two, which is anyone. Anyone else. This is, yeah, this that is, was after they ruined the Randy Orton-Bray Wyatt feud. This is uh, something that um, I really like that New Japan does. So if, if you have New Japan World and you watch like some random house show, a lot of what you'll see is you'll see like the older guys. like You'll see um, Yuji Nagata, or you'll see like Satoshi Kojima. Or um, Hiroyoshi Tenzan. So you'll see these guys come out. And they'll work with some guy that's only had like, let's say, 20, 25 matches. Like one of the Young Lion guys. So they'll work them like second match on the show in a singles. And you're going to watch this like veteran legend just work this guy for like 10 minutes. Like they're just going to work like this basic match. But just you're going to watch him like handhold this guy through this like match for 10 minutes. And that's something I really enjoy watching is just this veteran guiding, like, a green wrestler. And I think that's something that 
WWE does not do well? Um, you don't, yeah, you don't see that so much now. It's like there's there's defined levels, and you don't you don't vary outside of your level. You know, you, you don't you don't you don't associate with those people or something. So I mean, like, let, like let me ask you, since you did it, so like when Uh-oh. you had to, when you had to make that leap, like let's say they brought in, I'm just gonna say like some rant, like let's say they brought in because you've said he worked some of your shows. Let's say they brought in Bobby Fulton and they said, hey, Bobby Fulton's gonna work the next month with you once a week and he's gonna he's gonna you're gonna listen to what he says and he's gonna pace you through a 15 minute match every week would that have made that transition for you easier or the same um there's going to be a certain amount of growing pain that happens you know because you kind of have to change your mentality on it right but on the other hand if i'm out there with bobby fulton my answer is going to be yes sir anything you say sir and then i would ask him questions because he was you know he was great to talk to god he's such a nice guy and i could talk you know i could be like okay well what do you recommend on that sort of stuff because i the first time i met him i was going through this phase where i was trying to make my working punches good because i didn't want to throw like my legit punches because i didn't want to you know rattle someone's teeth or something like that and he said well what's the problem i said well look uh, you know, I have boxing training and stuff like that. So my problem is I don't I don't want to like hurt somebody doing it. But all that training is, you know, you hit hard, you hit fast, like Cobra Kai style boxing training stuff. And he said, just get used to doing it. Just take like a half step back so you 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 cut the power out whenever you actually hit them. And I was like, oh. Damn, that's okay. And I started doing, you know, I started started using kind of like Samoa Joe style jabs as a lead into stuff, and it, it looked great. And it was, you know, so if you spend time with him, spend time with someone who tells you it's like, look, I know what you're trying to do, but you got to change it. Yeah, that'd be that'd be great. Um, you know, we just don't get to see that much anymore. I remember watching on WCW Worldwide, watching Ric Flair work a match with Lismark Jr., and it was still good. So, well, I remember um, Big Show had an interview once. He was talking about working with Hogan, and the, you know they pretty much threw Big Show to the Sharks when he yeah. was in WCW. And he says like, "Well, I had Hogan in the corner. He's like, I didn't know what to do." And he's like, Hogan, like, grabbed my hand and, like, put it to his throat. And, like, the crowd started booing. He's like, oh, I get it. Like, <laughs> he was talking about, like, how he had that, no idea what to do. And, like, this, you know, veteran just, you know, did something basic. And then he kind of, like, some things started to, like, turn in his brain. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I understand that. It's, um, it just, it's something that takes time. And it really helps if you have someone who will... You know, help walk you through it. Okay, I'm going to move us on to the next match on our list. Because um, this episode's getting a little bit long. The yeah. next one I've got on my list is the Bludgeon Brothers versus the Club for the SmackDown Tag Titles. Ick. I, I like Harper and Rowan. So, you know, I get a kick out of the Bludgeon Brothers because they finally win tag titles together. Not like 
when the Usos held it for, what, a year straight, and they were in the Wyatt family, and they could have won it then and had this cool back and forth. No, we had to wait until now. But I, I would be cooler with this if it was like a street fight. That would be pretty cool. And you could, you could have have them do more stuff. Um, in watching the bro- the Bludgeon Brothers, something I really enjoy, not only to the fact that they abuse each other to like fire each other up to do stuff, I get a big kick out of that, but you know these guys work well together when you see little, th- just little things, like Harper goes to do Running Splash, or Rowan goes to do Running Splash, and Harper just kind of takes a half a step and pushes down on his back. He knows what's going to happen. He just kind of turns and does it. And they do stuff like that that show that, you know, they know how to work together. Yeah, if, if this was like some sort of crazy brawl, like a street fight, um, it would be really entertaining, I feel, or at least potentially be. Um, as it is, I can, I, I honestly can see them giving this like a five minute, five minutes. Oh, uh, yeah. Just as a slight teaser for next week's show, this should be like, an almost move-for-move um, move recreation of Benoit and Sullivan Falls Count Anywhere. Oh, man. Could you imagine these guys just brawling in a bathroom and, like, slamming each other into, like, stall doors and stuff? Maybe, that'd be, yeah. That'd be awesome. Um, you know what, though? Maybe I'll uh, contradict myself. They may give this, like, 20 minutes because isn't, isn't every WD pay-per-view supposed to be, like, eight hours now? Oh yeah, no, it's 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 part time job now. Yeah. Didn't you hear? Uh, didn't you hear? Um, the twenty twenty WrestleMania starts about two weeks from now. <laughs> oh, oh, just just a week week short of Undertaker beginning his entrance to the ring. Yes. Well, I mean, I mean, they got to get the oxygen like set up right and everything. <laughs> and that little rascal doesn't drive itself, you know. <laughs> Well, I just hope that John Cena has a spot on that show. What? He had no, oh. he had no, he had no spot. This past, I'm going to be honest with you. John Cena sitting at ringside, that, I got such a kick out of that. I know it wasn't. It was just kind of a little throwaway gag, but I got a huge kick out of it. You know, I'm a little bitter because we, I was hanging out with folks, and we didn't go to, uh, we didn't go to Mania. To, they had like an, uh, outside the arena, they had kind of a fan type thing. Mm-hmm. just outside of it and i wish i had gone because cena ran down there and he was just hanging out and taking selfies with people in the crowd which that would have been really cool <laughs> so okay. um next match i have a problem with this next match because i feel like this is the wrong time to put these two guys against each other and that's the intercontinental title match with rollins and elias yeah it's yeah. I haven't gotten to see a whole lot. I've seen Rollins working really hard. I've seen Elias doing fantastic heel work and stuff, but I haven't gotten to see much of these two interacting. Because I I think this will be really good, but this is I would not have Elias take a loss here, and I also wouldn't take the belt off of Rollins. Like I feel like this is a bad choice and time for this match like maybe if you did this at a big show like SummerSlam but like as a throwaway money in the bank match yeah I yeah. they'd rather have them in money in the bank honestly yeah it, oh I feel like they would have been better off in money in the bank but they could have had um they could have like a DQ finish or something here they could yeah. it 
it just it seems like pulling the trigger a little too soon. It feels like it feels like um they just did this last year where two guys were like super hot and they shouldn't have been meeting right then. That I don't was who it was. That was something WCW was bad about was that they would take these two guys and put them up against each other and then they would like neither one of them gets elevated for it so it kind of it hurt both of their heat. They well WCW's I guess they're an excuse for them would be like they were just trying to you know do everything they could to either win or maintain the ratings whereas mm-hmm. WWE doesn't have that excuse now so right yeah I uh, I will say though I know there's some clamoring that they should put the world title on Seth Rollins but I actually think for all of WWE's faults I feel like they have Seth Rollins in the perfect position right now. He seems to be doing well. He, you know, being the workhorse, uh, champion stuff. That's it. Could, it's, you, could you imagine like giving him like a year long run with the Intercontinental Title, just opening pay per views with like four star matches? And I mean, that's a great way to get the crowd fired up. That'd be excellent. He's still believable as a main event talent, so they could do that. And then still a year from now move him right back into the main event sl- uh, slot depending upon you know who they need in there. Yeah. They they yeah. could. They don't have to necessarily um not do anything with him, but he's he's in a really good spot right now. And he's doing a really good job with it. Yeah, I think so. So what do we have left on this? Uh the one that I've got on my list, US title's not doing anything, is it? No. Uh, there's the women's Money in the Bank, which is Ember Moon, Charlotte, Alexa, Becky, Natalia, Lana, Naomi, Sasha. So if I was booking this, I would probably have Ember Moon win. Um, I'm pretty sure they're going to give it to Alexa, though. Oh, God. Not again. Okay. If I was booking this, I would give it to Becky because, God, she's sat around and taken abuse for a long time, and let's... Let's say thank you for doing that. Here you go. You know, you know. Here's here's a chance to run with it. But I don't expect that'll happen. Actually, let me look. Actually, because she has a relationship with Ronda on air, doesn't she, Natalia? Yeah. You could you could theoretically, and I'm not saying this is the best way to do it. You put this on before the the Ronda Rousey match. You have Ronda Rousey win. You have Natalia Congratulator smash her right in the face of that briefcase, cash it in and pin her. And then you've kind of done a roundabout way of not screwing things up. If I were, I, I still don't like the idea of putting the title on Ronda this early, but if I were going to follow your thing, I'd actually have Natalia sharpshooter. Like she's oh, out cold. Not, oh, yeah. And yeah, put yeah. the sharpshooter on. And then get the win off of it and be like, hey, you know, I beat Ronda with my submission. Who's the, you know, who's the queen now? Ooh, ooh, ooh. We could, so, so she like raises her hand while she's celebrating. She smashes her in the head. And you have Ronda Blade and you try and get that shot like the Austin shot when, when, um, Brett had him in the sharpshooter. Oh, You just have Ronda like gushing blood everywhere like unconscious and 
she puts the shirt. Oh, that would be. It I would be like good, that. but they won't do it. They'll, oh, but they, that they, they, won't, they won't get yeah. they won't get Rhonda to blade. I'm not saying Rhonda wouldn't do it, but they they're not going to tell Rhonda. Oh, but blade. but that would be that would be. I mean, could you imagine like just a soaked Rhonda like and she got screwed like that? It would be you wouldn't hurt her at all, and it would actually be kind of badass because you haven't really seen a woman blade like that before. Yeah. Oh, I like that so much. Then they won't do it. No, they won't. All right, the the last one that I've got here, unless, Matt, was there something you wanted to say about this Money in the Bank? No, I mean, I, I kind of, I'm tracking, like, I, I would prefer someone like Becky. Actually, looking yeah. at this list, I would, that's who I would want to win, but I imagine that they'll put, they'll put it on, I think they'll, they'll choose someone from the raw side, and yeah. it'll probably be either yeah. Natalia or Alexa. Yeah. Ember Moon makes a certain amount of sense, I think, but I don't Ember's, know. Ember's pretty over right now. Yeah. Yeah, that would be. I think that'd be kind of striking while the iron's hot. Like putting your hot new star over too. Uh, yeah, but they haven't done that. They haven't struck while the iron's hot for a few years now. No, they they, they do not do that. So this is um the last testicle standing match. Yes. Uh. AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura with last man standing um, balls of fire. This is AJ, a great balls of fire match is what this AJ's is. AJ's got to wear a cup, doesn't he? <laughs> you would think. I could see AJ wearing a cup and then Shinsuke smiling and then punching him in the dick again after AJ pulls it out to prove it. <laughs> what are they finally going to do with this? Is this... Um, I believe, gonna... Shad, you won't get this, um, but I think Matt will. This is going to end with Shinsuke winning with the submission hold of a rusty trombone. Oh. <laughs> and then they probably lose all their TV deals. Yeah. But... I don't know, because I, cause you kind of have to give it to Shinsuke, but AJ's going to look like such a fucking moron if he loses to a low blow. Well, then you don't have him lose to a low blow. You know, you do this whole thing. Shinsuke goes for the dick punch because that's that's been the crux of the whole feud is I don't like you. I'm, I'm a horrible heel now. Dick punch. He goes for AJ like knocks. He doesn't take the cup out. He like knocks on it and smiles and Shinsuke kind of shrugs and then just like wings a chair at him or something. So you get that done about halfway through the match and then... Shinsuke wins with the uh, with Kinshasa or something. I would if if I was booking again, I would have at some point in this match that um, AJ gives Shinsuke the shattered dreams. <laughs> that would that'd pop be, the crowd. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a fun callback. But but uh, yeah, I mean, but they don't do things that pop the crowd. So Mm-mm. oh god, um, I'm I'm really kind of over this matchup. Yeah, honestly, it, it's. It feels like it's gone on a little too long. So Yeah. That that um the ending to their last match just I, I oh my god. Yeah. 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 Okay, so money in the bank has the potential to be alright. It also has the potential to be very not alright. 
I I honestly look at this card and what I would probably do is I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely watch um, Seth Rollins and Elias after the fact. I will probably look at Bludgeon Brothers and the Club, and then I will probably watch the Women's Money in the Bank out of sheer curiosity. Well, Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I think it has the potential to be decent. Um, I don't know. I'm I don't I don't think I'm going to watch it live. Um, I might, but we'll see. I'm I'm interested mostly in the men's Money in the Bank match and yeah. Styles Nakamura just to see what they finally do and if they actually make a decision on who's going to win this feud. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then we've talked about this before, so I don't know how much we'd want to retread, but apparently the plan going into SummerSlam for the main event is yet another lesnar Reigns match. Why? Why, God? I I don't understand. Like, do they want the do they want Roman to win the title to an empty arena? I feel like that's about the only way that the point would get across is if everybody just leaves. But you know what they'll do? They're gonna have Roman win it, and then they're gonna have like whoever wins the Money in the Bank cash in and beat Roman because this is the eternal treadmill we're on yeah it kind of it kind of feels like it doesn't it uh, Wait, that would make sense i feel like that would make sense if you're going to put it on someone like joe but i don't know i don't think i don't know that would be that that would actually now that i'm thinking about it for, they would book that that'd be the most wwe way to book this is that they would finally have roman beat lesnar like months after it, it would mean anything and then immediately have Roman lose to whoever cashes in. That would that would fit the current WWE. Yeah. So you don't care about him winning, and then that follows immediately by you don't care about his uh, chase to get revenge on whoever would capture the title from him. So that that's, I, that's exactly what they're going to do. Interested in seeing Joe just beat the living crap out of Roman for two months, but. Yeah. All right, so guys, that's been the state of right now. Um, <laughs> kind of ends on a downer, but I yeah. want to say thanks everybody for joining us. Uh, thanks to Matt and Brad for being with us. We've been in three corners. You're in the fourth. Uh, let us know what you think. We look forward to hearing from you. Good night.